Privilege is internalized. I had the experience of attending an Indian music event in London as the only non-Indian person there. It never occurred to me that I might not be welcome, that this might be a space for people of Indian descent to have a moment away from people like me. I can still feel the confusion and bewilderment of having my privilege challenged. Privilege harms everyone. It harms the underprivileged for all the obvious reasons, but it harms the privileged as well. There's an awful responsibility that comes with privilege. At some level, we know that we enjoy something that others don't, simply by being who we are. We can imagine ourselves who had earned our rights, that we are, after all, in some way deserving of our privilege. Or we can tell ourselves that we didn't make the system, I'm not a racist, and therefore we are exonerated. Or we can ignore our privilege at all costs. But none of this gets to the heart of the matter, our unearned privilege. There's a separation from people that comes with privilege, and that is where the pain is. We can't be fully with others because privilege objectifies. It puts one above or below the other. It gets in the way of truly being able to love. Beloved Conversations is the beginning of a long conversation about where we are and where we could be. For me, participating in Beloved Conversations was disheartening, eye-opening, and rejuvenating all at the same time. Having been raised in the 60s in a complex, multicultural neighborhood, as a Unitarian, my childhood environment was unique. I was nurtured by parents who sought to give me opportunities to develop an open mind and heart for all people, regardless of the color of their skin, their race, or their economic situation. I have always believed the blessing of being human is that we have feelings, and I strive to treat others with kindness and compassion, no matter of their life circumstances. Our beloved conversations reinforced much of my upbringing and helped me to grow in ways that I had not expected. It was very eye-opening for me to hear from others how their lives had been privileged or not, and how from their experiences, they had developed perspectives that were very different from mine. It helped me to embrace the privilege that I, as a white, middle-class, educated woman, have had, and to see how the path that I've lived, including my spouse selection, my living location, and raising three white males, has adapted and altered 
from my younger immersion in multiculturalism to a more privileged position in our society. Our beloved conversations discussions created sadness in my heart, empathy, and reawakened in me a desire to seek opportunities to speak up and speak out in support of those who have been marginalized. The constant struggle is real daily for these people, and only by coming together to support them in ways they want to be supported will we be able to undo past oppression to create a more just future. The calling is now. How to do the work is the challenge. I plan to continue pushing myself to be uncomfortable and to intentionally, purposefully seek out and embrace the work that needs to be done, focusing on the future, not dwelling on the past. Growing up, I always felt different from most of my family, from most of the other kids in school and where I lived. This feeling of differentness permeated all my life through my college and early career. I felt so strongly about this that following the death of my mother, I raised the question of my relationship in the family. In terms of my birth, was I adopted? This caused a tremendous uproar, a strong outburst of repudiation, and the question was never raised again. I believed the family, but the feelings remained. These personal feelings led to so many personal and professional situations that caused me discomfort, anxiety, and at times confusion. Many, many years later, I came to understand the valid reasons for these feelings. But even then, it was difficult to make the transition from understanding to changing the result of these ingrained behaviors. So what has this got to do with the experiences in Beloved Conversation? As a white educated person, I was the recipient of validation, acceptance, and the time significant support. My realization from listening to the experience of invited panel members who shared with us was that their feelings were much more severe than mine of simply feeling different. They were marginalized, demeaned, disparaged, and at times dismissed in almost every aspect of their lives. This marginalization touched all of their life experience. Even the statement does not capture the visceral feelings and adverse experiences and treatment they lived with every day of their lives, all without unearned privileges that I had from being white and educated. Where did they get their strength to overcome these feelings and make positive, healthy decisions? How were they able to put perversive feelings and very, and very real experiences aside and go forward and make choices to become wholesome, healthy adults. 
how strong they had to be, how I need to honor what they have done with their lives. How can I become more understanding of their struggle? But more importantly, how can I see that it is not them and me, but rather it is us? So how can I be more understanding and supportive of the struggles of some of us? I had yet another of my beliefs blown out of the water. I was the first person in my family to finish high school and thus go to college. I used to naively think that if I could do this, so could any other reasonably intelligent person, regardless of their ethnicity, social standing, or financial situation, wrong. For the most part, teachers supported and encouraged me at school. When I was doing well, the expectation was that I would apply to college. I did not have to return home to, to help in the home, help raise siblings, or earn money to support the family. I spoke English and did not have to learn a new language. My mother encouraged me to do well in school, and when she was not working, she would discuss and thus learn with me from my homework. I was privileged. It was comparatively easy for me to choose the path that I wanted rather than follow the patterns of my family. So here again, I failed to appreciate the opportunities afforded to me because of my whiteness. So again, I raised the question, how can I be more understanding and supportive of the struggles of some of us? We use idioms every day of our lives. Where do they come from? How are they interpreted from others, by others around us? What do they indicate about our understanding of culture, ethnicity, gender, and basic human values? The beloved conversation experience introduced me to the term microaggression. I see myself as sometimes responsible and yet many times oblivious of this behavior. Many of our idioms are actually incorrect and insensitive in nature. All Texans are loud. Californians are all hippies. Yet there are many idioms and practices and responses that are far more insensitive and in fact aggressive in that they demean others unlike ourselves, promote privilege, and negate cultural and ethnic values, such as, blacks are not good swimmers. He had a foreign accent, so he could not help me on the phone. I just don't see you as a Chinese person. She sounded white, etc., I now consider much more carefully what I say when talking to others regardless of their ethnicity. This is, is an emotional stressor for me, but the resulting personal awareness and responsibility in conversations appears to be positive. Not all of my experiences in the beloved conversation raise behaviors, ideas, or values I would like to change in order pro to promote the fullness of all human beings. One conversation affirmed for me that it was simply my personality and nature that led me to be more comfortable in worship that was mainly ordered and quiet, rather than more extrovert in format. In this I am not right, but neither am I wrong. It is just the way I am and nothing to do with whiteness. That is not to say I cannot be involved in more extrovert worship, but simply that my participation would be less obvious than that of many others. 
White privilege is a significant cultural problem. Differentness is a personal trait and not a cultural problem. I really appreciate having been persuaded to be a participant in the Beloved Conversation Program. I have benefited from the experience and hope to be more aware of the issues raised and share some of these experiences with my friends, just as it is. If what you've heard today piqued your interest and you think you might like to be part of this work, it's your lucky day. (laughs) We're forming a second Beloved Conversations cohort. The program will begin this winter, and please get in touch with any of us for details, and there are flyers on the chairs also.